Her name is Joyce and not Joyce Meyer. Her name is Joyce. She's my neighbor and she's 83 years old. And she is such a role model to me. And here's the reason why she is one of the kindest, happiest, active, amazing humans. And she is just a role model to me every day. I see her out my window. She got a puppy at the age of 82. She still drives. She says hi to everyone. She walks every single solitary day. She has her glass of wine at night. She used to travel all the time. COVID has really fucked that up. Like that is why I'm mad at COVID for that one thing right there. She literally puts herself together every single day. Like that to me is a role model, a person who is thriving into their eighties, doesn't let life stop them. Doesn't get bitter, is happy, finds the joy in the smallest fucking things to me, total role model. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I'm super excited, a little nervous. Today is a different podcast. That is for darn sure. Today, my executive assistant, Ricky, is going to be interviewing me. We're going to be talking all the questions that she has for me and that many people have asked on my social media. It's difficult to talk about yourself, so Ricky has jumped in today. We're going to be doing a Q&A back and forth. I hope you love it. And she did ask me ahead of time, is there anything off limits, Christina? And my answer was 100% not. You can ask me anything about anything. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Y'all, I'm so excited for today's episode. My amazing assistant, Ricky, is here. We are going to do a Q&A with Christina. I This is obviously the beginning of this podcast. We have absolutely no idea what we're doing. But I thought instead of me just like telling you all the things about me, instead, we would ask people what questions they had for me. And since Ricky and I have only been a team together for like the last three or four months, Um, I'm sure she has a million questions for me too. So this is kind of like a get to know Christina episode hosted by Ricky. Hey everybody. This is Ricky. (laughs) I keep making faces like people can see me. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." Uh no one can see anything that I'm doing. (laughs) Okay. I just want to get into it. Um, I'm your assistant, but I got some questions. Oh, damn. I feel like everybody wants to know, number one, how you met Nathan. (laughs) We're just getting into it. I love it. Nothing. And and (laughs) she asked me, she's like, is there anything off limits? I was like, fuck no. We can talk about all the things. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. How did you meet Nathan, your husband? And also how has like your relationship evolved? Cause you're a strong ass woman, right? Totally. 
and not a lot of men can handle that. Sorry, <laughs> men. So sorry. So how has that evolved itself over the years? Oh my gosh. And I love how we're starting with this question because I do ask people like, what do they want to know? And like, mm, let's be honest, 75% is um, Nathan, Nathan, we want more Nathan, 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 which is so funny because for so many years when I was in the golf industry, I like kind of hid him off my social media. It's not like I didn't pretend like I was married. We've been together 17 years, but I was just like, oh, no one wants to see that. And now but that's the, the thing. I know what the people want. You do. You absolutely know what the people want. And let's yeah. start with the best part, Mr. Okay. Nathan. Um, okay. So we met random enough. My uh, college roommate at the time, her husband was an employee, worked for Nathan. And we were all out one night at a piano bar in Little Rock. And he was there talking with my you know, college roommate at the time, my girlfriend's husband, and we just started talking and he was absolutely shit faced. He was so hammered and he was on a date with another girl. And I was like, this guy is such a loser. We love that for him. I did. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, we ended up talking a little bit that night and, uh, we were just in a big group of people. There was probably like 10, 15 people there. So then the following week. And so we were young in college. Like my, my girlfriend was married, like super young, like 19, 20 years old. I don't remember how old she was, 21 years old. And um, they were the only ones who had a house. So we always used to be at their house. Like that's where we hung out. We played bago, hang out, watch TV, like whatever it was. And he had never once come over before in the big friend group that hung out every day. But all of a sudden after that night, he started to come over. And one night at the kitchen sink, I remember it like it was yesterday. He like was so nervous. He was like, do you think maybe possibly one time we could hang out by ourselves. <laughs> and you were like, uh, what? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so we, we, before that though, we did, there was a, a couple like, so my, my girlfriend and her husband and Nathan and I went on a date weekend to, um, his condo in at the lake and we hung out and it was okay. It wasn't great. Like it was just, it wasn't like a really great situation. I think he was nervous. I was probably like skeptical. I come home. I remember telling my then roommate, um, at the time I was like, yeah, I'm probably never going to talk to him again. And then sure enough, he calls me the next day. And that's when I, we were over there and he asked me at the sink, could we hang out together one time by ourselves? We went to dinner and we've been together ever since. See, we love a man with a little bit of anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so, okay. So you started dating. Yes. Were you a pro golfer at that time? No, I was in college. So he was out of college. I was still in college. I met him um, the summer before my sophomore year. So I was in college. So Nathan is seven and a half years older than me. Um, And, uh, oh, and by the way, we started quote unquote dating. Do you know, he will literally to this day tell you, we never really dated. He's like, dating is such a strong word. He used to say that all the time. People are like, you're dating. (laughs) We're like six years into dating. And he's like, it's a strong word. I just don't know. Like dating is, Ooh, I don't know if we can call it that we're like living together at this point in time. And he's like, it's such a strong word. I don't know if we should really use that. So he finds that hilarious. I thought it was kind of hilarious too. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so we've been together 17 years. We knew we always wanted to be together, but marriage was never something that I really cared about. It was definitely something that he didn't care about. He was in two long-term relationships before me, never married, never had any kids, but in like long-term relationships. And he just didn't think marriage was for him. I think he got burnt a couple of times. I just didn't care. I never one day and he'll, and he'll tell you this never one day. Did I ever pressure him to get married? Um, a situation came up with a family member of his, um, being in the hospital and we were all in the hospital for a few days in a row. And I witnessed her husband kind of being the person in charge. And in that moment is when my mindset shift about marriage. Cause I was like, Oh fuck, I don't want my parents to be the person who's in charge of me. Like I've been with this man for, you know, six or seven years. I don't want my parents to have the role. I, and I sure as a hell don't want his parents to have the role. If that was the situation, I want to be in charge of him and I want him in charge of me. And we kind of had a, you know, kind of a powwow about it. And then probably five months later he proposed. And then a year later we were married. Married is a strong word. It really is, but there's documents <laughs> to that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just making fun of Nathan because he's like, dating is a strong word. Oh, he always joked about that. It was hilarious. And and this is so funny because I don't think any of, and no one will probably, like no one who knows his family will probably listen to this, but it was so interesting because we're in the South, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I promise you, even his mother was like, this is his friend for such a long time because we were like, <laughs> we were committing quote unquote, we were committing sin. We were living together and like no one acknowledged that we were living together. Like this was like, Oh my God. Like I, I go against everything that the Southern people believe in most of the time, but you know, like we were living together, we weren't married. It was, yeah. So people were like, this is his friend. And like, totally didn't acknowledge that. Like I lived at the home, but yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'm his best friend. Yeah, I'm his best what friend. I mean. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> we just hang out. We hold so hands. This is like a really good transition into my next question. Okay. Faith is so important to you. God is so important to you. But you are not the traditional Christian, no. my love. <laughs> no, we no. love this. But living in the South, how does that feel for you? And how did that kind of like manifest itself in your life where you're like, I love God, but I have to do it my way. Yeah. So I came to the South, um, in 2002 and I had absolutely zero, um, faith at the time. I didn't have a relationship with God. I never grew up in the church. It's not, had nothing. It's nothing that I was on purposely doing. I just welcome to the South. (laughs) Exactly. I just didn't grow up around it. And I'll be honest, like if I'm a hundred percent honest and most of the time Mm -hmm. I am, you know, this, I was like very anti the South. The first probably six months that I was here, I was like, this is stupid. Like everyone (laughs) is so kind. And, and I thought it was fake and there's a church on every corner and everyone's like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, praise Jesus, this and bless your heart that. And I'm just like, where the hell am I? I grew up in Canada, big city, million people. (laughs) And now I'm in like little, you know, now I use the word podunk town, Arkansas in the middle of nowhere with 30,000 people. I am like a fish out of water. I knew no one, not one soul on the planet and didn't have faith and all of the things. And, you know, I think that that's actually a cool story is the fact that, you know, now 
God is such an important part of my life. And I will say, I have come to find this after working with so many people for such a long time. I look at it as a huge blessing that I didn't come from a religious background or a strong quote unquote church background, because I have come to find out, and I didn't even know this, that so many people have been wounded wounded by religion and wounded by church and wounded by the institution of it. And I think for me, where I was in my life, I needed something where I was like, I give, there's got to be something greater than myself because I can't do this. Like I tried to do everything for myself such a long time. And that's where I kind of tiptoed into my faith. Cause I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like there's gotta be something to this. Right. And how I really came, how I really kind of came into my faith and found the Lord and know that God is life and everything is, um, I, I started listening to Joel Olstein. you know, the feel good preacher from Oprah. Yeah, honey, I'm from Houston. So I know Joel. Hey, hey, girl. <laughs> so I started listening to like that. And, and then I started listening to like Joyce Meyer. And then I started, you know, John Maxwell. And there's just so many people that allow you to almost tiptoe in it without feeling like you're doing something wrong. If you don't know every scripture or every verse, or you can, like, I'm not telling you that those people cuss or anything like that, but I feel like I am at a place where I 1000% believe with all my heart that Jesus is the way and that God is the Lord and savior. And that is end of story. But I also still cuss. And I also don't go to attend church every single Sunday. I don't, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't do. And I know that there's a lot of people that will probably say that that's wrong. And I've been told that to my face that I'm wrong, but <laughs> I, this week, just this week, I've been told that again, that I am like, woo, I need to be saved right now because I am right fucked. But, um, all that to be said is I, I do believe that God and I are good. I do believe that God loves me. And I do believe with all my heart that, um, yeah, that like there, like I cry cause it just is, it's so important to me. And I don't think that there's one way. And if I can bring a few people into believing in something higher than themselves by using God's source energy, whatever, and eventually they get to God, then I'm down for it. And maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? You know, when I die, I'll obviously have to figure that out. But at this point in time, when I go to bed at night, I'm good. So yeah, that's how I kind of found my way. No, I love that. And I think that it's important. A lot of the time, people think that their worth is like on perfectionism mm -hmm. and being the perfect Christian, being the perfect follower of God. But really, it's more about the relationship that you have. So. I believe so. Absolutely. I believe so. And I believe that, you know, I am worthy and I am loved and I don't have to prove that every single day. You know, this is kind of definitely, Ooh, this is going to be a controversial one. I love it. But I, um, I had a couple of clients that I had no idea this even existed, but like you are born like needing to prove yourself your whole entire life in order to get to heaven. You are like born condemned. You are born 
unworthy. You are born that way. And then you have to spend your whole entire life proving your worth, proving that you are to be loved, proving. And I just was like literally floored because I see the damage that those people and the, and just the hurt that those people have endured from those types of religious entities or religious upbringings or whatever you want to call it. And that just makes me so sad. And I'm so grateful that, you know, even though I wish I would have had a relationship with God the way that I do now, a lot, a long time ago, it would have been very helpful for a lot of situations in my life. I'm also super thankful that I didn't have to deal with that as well. Yeah, you got to kind of figure it out on your own. Yeah. So do you feel like your parents just allowed you to be Christina as you were growing up or what was that like for you? Yeah. it's Obviously they didn't like force you into religion or anything like that. But so. it's where I'm from, like culture wise. I honestly, yeah. I remember two friends that went to church. That's it. Growing up, I remember like I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I'm not saying that there's not a ton of Christians up there, a ton of religions up there. But at this point in time, like I remember like two people. I have one friend to this day that like definitely grew up in a strong religious base. But besides that, like I like no one I knew did. So it wasn't like a thing. It was like we just didn't do it. It was just, I guess, whatever. But yeah, my parents were, my parents were awesome. They just didn't really know. My dad grew up Catholic, but I think he kind of got away from it. Um, my dad had a, you know, a pretty shitty childhood. And um, I think he kind of got away from that a little bit. I definitely know that my dad 100% believes in God. There's no question about that. Um, but it just wasn't something that we were practicing growing up. Yeah. Well. Besides God. Besides God, <laughs> on to the next thing. No, we had a question from somebody. So this is like a good segue. Okay. Um, B. Ashley Ann asked you, besides your faith, do you have any other role models in your life? Like, oh. is there someone who just you look up to, inspires you? That is so cool. So I do a morning Q&A book every morning I have for the last, I think this will be like my eighth year in a row doing it. It's called Q and a a day. I do one as a couple, Nathan and I do one together. And then I do one individually. And there's a question happens every year. It says, who are your role models? It's interesting because, you know, you start immediately thinking about someone in your industry or a celebrity or someone who has like a ton of, you know, whatever status or you think of your parents or whatever right but for me like I have written down for the last three years I my role models are people who truly live their purpose and are like so authentically themselves like I don't even care who they are like anyone who is so authentically themselves is such a role model to me and people who have like are just good humans like good non-shitty humans. And I, and I do believe even in the world that we're living in right now, I do believe most humans are really good. Like I believe like 80% of humans are actually really good. There's 20% that just fucking suck. But besides <laughs> that, like, I believe most people are actually really good people and trying to do the best that they can. Right. We're all just like wounded humans walking around trying to do the best that we fucking can. But anyone who really honestly like owns themselves, but it's so funny, a person that I've written down for the last few years and it's so random. Yeah. We need a name. Yeah. Her name is Joyce and not Joyce Meyer. 
Her name is Joyce. She's my neighbor and she's 83 years old and she is such a role model to me. And here's the reason why she is one of the kindest, happiest, active, amazing humans. And she is just a role model to me every day. I see her out my window. She's like 83 or 84. Her husband has passed away like 20 years ago. She got a puppy at the age of 82. (laughs) She still drives. She says hi to everyone. She walks every single solitary day. She has her glass of wine at night. I buy it for her. I go to the liquor store for her (laughs) because right now she doesn't want to go in stores. Um, But she used to travel all the time. COVID has really fucked that up. Like that is why I'm mad at COVID for that one thing right there. Um, but she literally puts herself together every single day. Like the woman just looks put together her legs at 80 something years old. She had shorts on this summer and I was like, damn it, girl, look at you. Like, but I need to meet Joyce. Oh my God. She's just, (laughs) I've showed her on my stories a few times, but she's just like the sweet woman. I'm like, that to me is a role model, a person who is thriving into their eighties, doesn't let life stop them. Doesn't get bitter, is happy, finds the joy in the smallest fucking things to me, total role model. We love her. We love Joyce. She's a fantastic human. So basically anyone who is authentic to themselves inspires you. Amen. Yeah. totally. Have you ever been inauthentic to yourself? Oh God. For the first time. Oh, yeah. 25, 26 years of my life, I was probably. Take us there. I want to know. Girl. I was a hot mess. And and it's so funny because I use that word so often that I was such a hot mess. But I really think that that just means that, you know, I wasn't confident in myself. I was never secure in myself. I never felt good enough in myself. Um, I think that I always thought there had to be more, do more. You had to be prettier, skinnier, richer, all of the things. It was always never enough, right? Like I always wanted to be more. And it's not like, you know, it's not like that my parents pushed that on me or anything like that, but it's just like what you believe, right? It's just like the, the stories that you begin to tell yourself, like, oh, everything has to be perfect, or I have to do this, or I have to do that. And that's going to get me attention, or that'll get me success, or that'll get me likes, or, you know, not likes back then, but like, liked a Oh, God. Be likable. Be likable. Like all of the things, right? But I literally, I've, I've said this on numerous podcasts, obviously not my own at this point in time. But, you know, when I was like 18, I came home from a trip. I went backpacking through New Zealand by myself for about four months from like January to May. You went alone? Oh, yeah, girl. Hey, okay, we're yeah. going to have to circle back and talk about yeah, that Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I went by myself, totally by myself. And I come home from that trip. And I remember I like right before I got home, I think I had like maybe a thousand bucks left. So I went and got my hair done for the first time ever, like professionally done. I was 18 years old, like, you know, went and got it colored, cut all the things. And I came home from that trip and I, I guess maybe I had gotten a bit fitter and got my hair done. And I came home and people were like, damn. And it's like, I think that's when I kind of stepped in. Obviously I was 18. I was like older and people hadn't seen me for a few months. And I kind of got attractive, I guess. And I came home from that. And then that's, that's the summer that I started playing golf too. So it was like, I got really good looking, I say, and I got 
really good at golf all in that same time slot. So it was like immediate, like attention, attention, attention. And I had never really had attention before. You know, my middle brother was always the one who had all the attention. He was good at everything he ever touched. And it's not like I was ignored or anything like that. It was just like, I I was average. I was normal. I was never great at anything. I was never, you know, a standout in anything, but all of a sudden I was getting this attention. And that's immediately when my brain went, boom, you have to be pretty. You have to be good. You have to be successful and you will get attention. You will get the at a girl. You will get the worthiness. You will get all that. And that lasted for probably like 10 years, you know, I'd say 18 to about 27, 28, where my whole goal was, you know, be the best at golf, then you'll get attention, be skinny, then you'll get attention, have awesome clients, then you'll get attention, make money, then you'll get attention, you know, be good in school, then you'll get attention. Like, it was just like, that was my validation. And I was stuck to it for a 10 year period. And then I finally got to the point that I'm like, holy fuck, I've done all the things. And I am more miserable now than I've ever been. I had an eating disorder. I like, literally like hated myself on a daily basis. Didn't know if I wanted to live a lot of times because if I wasn't good at golf, like I'd failed qualifying for the LPGA three years in a row. And if I had failed golf and if I lost golf and if I lost my looks and if I lost, you know, those things, who the fuck was I? And this is, this has nothing to do with any, there's so many people that deal with believing they are what they do or how they look or how much money they have or the status their whole lives their whole Whole lives their whole lives I feel so blessed that I figured this shit out when I was like 27 I have people come to work with me now who are like 24 25 and I'm just like clapping my hands like doing fucking cartwheels because I'm like this is amazing you're gonna figure this shit out before me but all those people that are listening that are much older like please don't think that you are too late because I have clients who are in their 60s so it doesn't matter when it happens it's gonna happen at the perfect time but I will say like for me, that was kind of like all of my shit show is where I just like had to, and I'm still 10, 11 years later, I'm still retraining myself. I still have bad moments. I still get into those habits. They're, they're much tinier times and they don't cause such a freaking tidal wave in my life. But yeah, that was, I've definitely been a shit show. But Do you feel like since you found your own confidence and your identity outside of what you do, beauty, all that stuff, has that been like the catalyst of why you want to coach other people into that? A hundred million percent. There is every single time I get on a discovery call with someone and I find a little piece of myself in them. I'm obsessed with what I get to do. Like, I don't really have to do this. I was making decent enough money in corporate golf. I, my husband makes decent enough money. This to me is nothing but the obsession with helping people 
believe in themselves, be confident in themselves. No, 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 that they are worthy outside of what they do, how they look, how much money they have. They are like, they were born that way. And so to me, that is my obsession. And then helping people like stand in their confidence, like through, you know, if, it, if you come to me for the business stuff, I like help you overcome all the bullshit blocks that we all have. Hence, I still have them. That's why I have, you know, coaches and teams and stuff. But yeah, I think that like, I'm obsessed with what I get to do. I fucking love it. Okay. Cause this is so nice. You being so vulnerable and sharing this because from an outside person looking in, I'm like, Christina has all her shit together. (laughs) She got this fun marriage. She got this business that's thriving. And I'm just like, okay, honey, share (laughs) some secrets. Do you indulge in anything trashy like trash tv oh my god this is the fucking worst question ever because my no i don't care you better you better tell me something naughty like do you watch bravo (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing okay so i'm gonna wrap my dad up my dad is like one of my top five favorite people on the whole fucking planet and my father knows and he is going to murder me but thank god he doesn't really listen to this shit and mom do not tell him if you listen to this episode um, my dad knows all the shit about all the shit. And it's so funny because he knows about all the famous celebrity people. He looks at like, he's, he works on his computer quite often and always looks at like MSN and knows the gossip on all the fucking things. And he knows more <laughs> about reality shows than I do. But I will say my husband and I watch like three or four shows. Um, probably the trashiest one that we watch is Million Dollar Listing. Million Dollar yes. Listing. I love Million Dollar yes. Listing. Love it. And it's very, it's trashy in that regards. I have watched a few Housewives. I've never watched a single episode of The Bachelor. However, I've been live with Chris Harrison at The Bachelor finale in Los Angeles. Knew nothing about the show, but I've been able to go to like those kind of things, but I don't watch that shit. Um, I have an unpopular opinion. You're not really missing that much. Oh, good. Good. You no wonder I love you. So Everyone much. is going to come at me, but oh, it's yeah. okay. They're going to come I'm at ready. me too. Hey, again, we don't give two fucks. We, we are. I really don't. Ourselves. No, yeah. hell no. Um, I, I love to gamble. I probably shouldn't say that, but like growing up on a golf course. I mean, if there's no action on something, I really don't care. (laughs) Like I need a little action, whether, and here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a ton of money. It can be like $5. And I literally will want to lose my arm rather than like lose. And I get that from my dad for sure. Um, but my dad will tell you, like when we're playing golf, he's like, you like, I definitely didn't have a ton of talent when I was playing golf, but like I had the grind, like I could hit it like left, left, right, right. Make it in the hole. And people are like, how in the hell did she just do that? But like, I have that almost like that killer instinct in me. Um, but like, I need there to be something on the line. Like I just, I need it to be like five bucks or 500 bucks. I don't care what it is, but I just (laughs) need something. And I want to rather like lose my arm than lose. And so that's something thing. So I like to gamble. Um, I like football. I love watching NFL football. We watch, you know, like a couple trashy shows, but nothing like I like food shows. I never watch the news, um, sports, food shows. And then my husband's in development construction. So we watch like a few of those housey shows, but I actually fall asleep really fast because they don't interest me at all. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I wish it was a little bit more, uh, trashy 
Those are very mild things. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm just not a TV person, but yeah, like, I mean, yeah, my like ideal day would probably be like on a beach having mimosas. I pretty much don't drink alcohol a ton. If I drink anything, I drink three things. I drink mimosas on ice because everything. So here's the random stat about me. This is maybe people care. I hate cold drinks. So like every glass of water or can or whatever I drink is warm. Like I don't like it. However, there is, I know it's warm. It's all lukewarm water. However, my coffee has to take the skin off the top of my mouth or I will not drink it. It has to be so hot. It like burns the skin off the top of your mouth. And when I'm drinking alcohol, it has to be in ice. So like champagne in ice, white wine in ice. Like it ha- it's the craziest thing. Even right? red wine? I don't drink red wine because red wine uh. gives me immediate heartburn. So I really only drink champagne, white wine, and every once in a while I can drink like one or two margaritas before it gives me heartburn. Alcohol actually just gives me heartburn. That's I just don't drink it very often. That's okay. I'd rather eat food anyway. Oh God, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm like dessert or wine. Oh God. That's a choice for people. Fuck. Like I'm so confused. Well, some people are like, I want to drink my calories and I'm like, what a boring way. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, I am the opposite. I am wanting to eat them every calorie. Yes. Okay. So I think that's all the time for questions we have today. Oh, really? We don't have five more minutes because I'm just enjoying this so much. (laughs) She's just in love with me. (laughs) I love getting to talk with you. This is so fun to me. I just, I'm, I'm just interested in all the, all the questions that you might have. Well, I feel like we should make this a monthly thing where people can just keep submitting their questions. Yeah. But I, I, w- I want people to ask really scandalous ones because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm really looking for. Like, these are boring as hell. We really <laughs> wanted to know scan. But you know what the crazy part about me is? I, I feel like I have always put everything so much on the table that there's not. And, and this is something really cool because, you know, as you grow in, quote unquote, grow in stature and you grow in fame or whatever it is, because, you know, playing golf a little bit, I had a little bit of fame in the golf industry or whatever. I really don't think that there's anything that anyone could ever dig up on me that I would a like number one lie about or, or like say, like, I mean, I've always said, like, I have had some issues. I don't have everything always together. I definitely have, you know, people I don't get along with it terribly well. You know, I don't talk a lot about other people's issues if that's something that ever comes up, but overall, like I'm really, I'm kind of boring in that regard. Like I literally, I fucking wake up really stupid early. I go for a lot of walks and I work a lot. And on the weekends, my husband and I usually like go for hikes, play golf, go eat really bad food and watch some sort of sports. Like it's just, it's not that interesting, which sucks, but hopefully I at least gave some interesting tidbits today. (laughs) No, you did. And another thing is please tell people what time you wake up in the morning because it makes me nauseous. I know it's really stupid. It actually makes me nauseous to actually think about it. So when Nathan and I first got together and we started living together, I literally, I had like this hard conversation with them. I was like, okay, so here's the thing. 
sweetie. Yeah. I was like, Hey, (laughs) here's the thing. Um, unless there's a seven as the first digit on that cock, don't touch me, don't talk to me and don't make noises. And I, and you know, in the beginning of your relationship, you say it much kinder. Now I'd be like, don't fucking come near me. There's not a seven on the clock. Like, are, why are you breathing? You're making too much noise. But, but now I literally get up. My my rule, the rule I have, if it's before 3.15, I will not get up. But sometimes like 3.45, usually no later than five. Um but I kind of want to sleep a little bit more. And I believe sleep is extremely important. What people don't might not realize is like, I'm literally not functioning by 7.30. And like every once in a while on the weekends, I'll stay up till 10. And like, I really, I remember one time I replied to a DM at like 11 o'clock at night and it was one of my good clients. And they're like, oh my God, is everything okay? Why are you up? Why are you responding? Well, that's how I feel. If you <laughs> message me like past 7 p.m., I'm like... <laughs> Is she doing okay? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I really try not to work anytime past like six o'clock. Seven is the absolute. Like I turn, my phone will not basically talk. And I've said that to people before. I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to answer your message after 730, like ever. So do you have like a morning routine when you're waking up at 4 a.m.? Yeah, like number one, freaking water and coffee. <laughs> like I just want you to know at that moment, I am mouth open, snoring, she's gone. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I told you when I first hired you, I said, here's the thing. I'm going to send Voxers really, really early. So please do not have notifications on. Like turn that shit <laughs> off. Do not. I learned that off. quick. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she was serious. But yeah, yeah, no. I will. I literally, I... um coffee, water, and apple every single solitary morning. And then um, after that, I like do my devotionals. I answer some emails. I do my Instagram posting. And then um, I do some sort of workout and then kind of come home. And if I'm washing my hair, which clearly today was not a hair washing day, um, I'll have a shower and wash my hair. And if not, I just jump right into clients usually about eight o'clock in the morning. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. No, don't. Literally, <laughs> if it doesn't, like, I t- I, I've actually told clients this as well. If that is not what feels good to you, then don't fucking do it. Like, But it sounds so productive. It sounds like you had a whole day before the rest of us had a day. Most of the time, yeah. Sometimes on the weekends, Saturdays are my absolute favorite day to do that. Um, Like, I usually get up at, like, 5 or 5.30, worst case, on Saturday. But, like, and then I work until, like, 10 on a Saturday. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this feels amazing. I've accomplished the whole world by 10 o'clock. And now I can have the rest of the day to like piss off and watch football. This is awesome. (laughs) No, it really is inspiring. Because I'm just like, I could get so much done if I could just wake up at 2am and just get it on and popping. (laughs) Well, I love you. Thanks for doing this today. And let us know you guys, is this something that you want us to do on the regular. Do you want it to always be Ricky? Do you want my husband interviewing me? Do you want my coach to interview me? Do you want Ricky and I every single month? What do we want here, folks? Be sure to tell us, leave a review, do all the things. And until next time, don't ever forget you two can decide it's your turn. Thanks girl. I love you. Y'all know I am absolutely obsessed with helping you live more confidently in your purpose, making a profit, and truly enjoying your life. 
You guys, this is exactly why I created my course, Commanding Your Worth. You guys, this course will help you gain confidence, gain clarity, rewrite the stories that you've been telling yourself for much too long that are keeping you stuck. You guys, you can get this course for just $99 at commandingyourworth.com. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.